Welcome to Sojourn Discipleship. At Sojourn Community Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we are committed to helping you flourish with friends because life is too precious to waste. What's up, Sojourn family? Pastor Rusty here with the March edition of Sojourn Discipleship. In John 15, Jesus tells us to abide in Him through both God's Word and prayer. And that's why we're introducing you to different word practices and prayer practices to help you grow in your love for Jesus. This month's practice is a word practice. It's scripture study. And in today's episode, we're going to empower you with some tools to help you dig deeper into God's Word. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for some added resources. Sojourn, we hope you enjoy the episode. Why scripture study? Why is this such an important topic for us to talk about this evening? Uh, Well, I'm going to start out with a famous quote by A.W. Tozer. Uh, Has anyone ever read any A.W. Tozer? Do we have any A.W. Tozer fans in the house? Get get those hands up. I want to see. Okay, good. That's, that's a good movie. If you haven't, you should. Uh, he has a near and dear place in my heart. Uh, his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, his book, The Pursuit of God, I read those as a teenager, and those are actually the books that sparked in me a love for theology and honestly a deeper uh, love for Jesus. So he starts out his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, uh, with this famous line. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. (laughs) Let me say that again. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And when we talk about the Bible, the Bible is a collection of literature that by God's design reveals God to us, the God who changes us, who changes our thoughts, our emotions, our desires, our goals for life, our behaviors, our habits. Uh, And really, if we even look at the scriptures and we think through this idea of God being all about his glory, he wants to be made famous among the nations, famous in the world as the good God that he is, the way that the scriptures talk about him doing that is by forming a people into his image, specifically into the image of Christ, who is the image of God. So this growing in Christ's likeness, that is our destination as Christians. That should be our goal as Christians. So as we talk about growing, I want us just to kind of zoom out and really process through uh, where do we grow? What causes us to grow? What are the factors, the spaces that we can put ourselves in that help us to change. I'm going to give you three really quickly. First, we grow in God's presence. We grow in God's presence. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 says, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord. So it's this imagery of you're in his presence, right? You're seeing him. We all beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed, are being changed, are growing, what? Into the same image of the Lord from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Okay? So all throughout the scriptures, there's this idea uh, that we become what we behold. So it's so important for us uh, to seek to behold the glory of the Lord, to seek his presence. So we grow in God's presence. Second, we grow among God's people. Uh, we see this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, and other places as well. But Ephesians 4.15 says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. 
And in the context of Ephesians 4, uh, as he's talking about maturity, he gives Christ as the end goal, right? Becoming like Jesus. So we grow up in every way into Christ. So we grow in God's presence. We grow among God's people. And then finally, we grow through God's promises, through the scripture, through his word. Uh, we see this in so many places, but let me give you two real quick. Uh, Jesus prays in John 17, 17, sanctify them, change them, transform them, grow them up, right? Sanctify them in the truth. And then he goes on to say, your word is truth. And if we think about if you were to do a study of the Bible, I mean, we're talking about scripture study, right? And if you were to study this idea of growing and what are we to do in light of that, you're going to see this idea of faith a lot, right? So uh, this idea of faith is what causes us to grow. And we read in Romans 10, 17, so faith comes from hearing, okay? So we need faith to grow. How do we get faith? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, you could even translate that the word about Christ. So why is scripture study important? Well, a daily diet in God's word is incredibly essential for us. Uh, we could even talk about scripture intake uh, like we would talk about uh, taking in meals and eating meals, right? So every meal that you eat, you may not walk away and say, well, that was a five-star meal that was absolutely the most amazing thing I've ever eaten, yet you can walk away from every meal and you can say, it gave me life, it kept me living, it gave me sustenance, right? And so that is, that is the reality of the scriptures, yet we do a strange thing with the Bible. And that is, if we open the Word and we begin to read pray through it, study it. And if we don't have an amazing experience or if we're confused by it or if we uh, are even, dare I say, bored with it, right? Then what we can do is we can close up our Bible and we put it on the shelf. And I just want you to hear that is insane. <laughs> I mean, think about if you, uh, you know, had a meal and that meal wasn't the greatest, would you then say, well, I'm just going to give up eating, you know? And then you go a week or a month or three months without meeting. That would be insanity. And yet we do that with the Bible all the time. So my hope and my prayer as we start this out is that you understand the importance of daily Bible intake, that you see this as nourishment for your soul, God's word, and that with that, that we become the kind of people who wholeheartedly believe with everything in us that this is our daily bread. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's talk about uh, the practice of studying the scriptures. Uh, before we do that, a side note here, I do want you to understand reading the Bible and studying the Bible, those are different things, okay? So uh, we read for breadth, we study for depth. So if you want to become more acquainted with a uh, broader breadth of knowledge of the story of God, right, then we read large portions of the scripture, okay? But if we want to study for depth, right, then you're going to take a smaller passage, you're going to dig into that, you're studying for a depth of a knowledge of knowing God more intimately, Okay, and so tonight we're not talking about necessarily reading. Uh, that's actually a whole practice. And if, if you were to look at the early church, that's really all they had was somebody would stand up and they would read 
from the scriptures because people didn't have their own copies, right? It's incredibly powerful for you to read the Bible out loud, even if you're the only person in the room, because that's the way it was originally given to folks. You'll be amazed by the things you'll pick up and pull out of the scriptures as you just read it out loud, let alone get in a group of people and read it out loud. There's benefit in just sitting in your life group and just reading the Bible and nobody even saying anything. God is doing something in you when that happens that's beautiful and good and holy. All right, we're not talking about reading the scriptures, though. We're talking about studying them. So let's uh, look at these practices. You know, people get really hung up on studying the Bible, and I get it. You know, there's like, how do I do it? I don't know how. I can't get started. I understand that because the Bible can be intimidating. Uh, It can be confusing. I mean, this is a bunch of ancient documents that we're like, we don't fully understand what was happening in the culture. We don't fully know what to do with it. Uh, And also, at the end of the day, the Bible's challenging, to us. So it's not like you're just reading a piece of literature. You're reading a living and active word that's going to cut you to your soul and show you the ways in which you need to change. That's tough, right? Um, But I do tonight want you to hear, as we talk about studying the scripture, that you're going to grow over the course of your life in your skills of studying the scripture. There's so much that we can learn about even just how to study the Bible. But for tonight, I do want you to hear, I want to demystify scripture study and say it is as simple as these three things, okay? An open Bible, a pen, and a piece of paper. (laughs) That is all that you need to study your Bible, It truly is. Uh, We might add a fourth, which would be an open heart, right? So an open Bible, an open heart to the Lord. Lord, teach me a pen and a piece of paper. So what do we do with that pen and paper in the open Bible and the open heart? Let me give you two tools for studying your Bible, okay? So the first tool we're going to call the three steps of study, and that's there up on the screen. So uh, first, we comprehend. Second, we interpret what we're studying, and then third, we apply what we are studying. I'm going to walk through these so that you can kind of have an understanding of them. So comprehending, this is asking the question, what does the text say? That's what we're getting at with comprehension. We're just trying to understand what does the text say, and it takes a lot of self-control, but in this first step, you are not assigning meaning to this. You are simply making observations. Uh, So a really good practice, and I even think a fun practice, is that uh, you take a text, maybe it's a couple verses, maybe it's a whole chapter, and you say, I'm going to write down 25 observations from this text. I see some eyebrows. You're about to get some even bigger eyebrows. And then after you do the 25 observations, try to make 25 more observations, right? And then maybe even do that again. Maybe even make the goal to say, I want to make 100 observations from this text. The first, you know, handful, 20 or so, they're going to be easy. And then you have to really start looking, right? And that's when the gold comes and you're like, oh, wow, there's stuff here that I never saw before. So some examples of an observation uh, that I've made from John chapter 11 with the raising of Lazarus. So here's an observation, a couple observations for you from this text. I wrote these up today. Um, Jesus chose to wait rather than going straight when he was called, when Lazarus was sick. Observation. Uh, Second observation. Mary and Martha are devastated at the loss of their brother. Next one. Martha assumes Jesus could have stopped this. Next. Jesus is 
devastated by grief. Another observation, people fear the stink of death. Last observation, Lazarus lives, right? So we're simply making observations about the text in order to comprehend what does the text actually say. Second, then you take your pen and your paper and you move to interpret. Now we're asking the question, what does it mean? So not just what does the text say, but what does the text mean? And you want to answer this question on two different levels. The first level is what does it mean for the original readers of the text? And then the second question is what does it mean for us? What does it mean for us in our day? So for the original readers, for John 11, we would see Jesus was the resurrection and the life for Lazarus, right? Literally. And also we see from that text uh, for all those who believe and trust him as the resurrection and the life. Uh, For us, we could uh, interpret this as Jesus may delay in his resurrecting work in the pain of our lives, right? Uh, There are parts of our lives where like Mary and Martha, we're like, Lord, if you were only here, why didn't you come? Why didn't you intervene? Why didn't you do something, right? So the Lord may delay in his resurrecting work, yet... He's still the resurrection and the life for us. So that would be an interpretation for us. If, uh, you know, with my preaching on Sunday, uh, I have a big idea every week, and I say, here's the big idea. That's basically my interpretation of what the text means, right? So you're just seeking to do that. What does this text mean? Okay, so comprehension, what does the text say? Interpretation, what does it mean? Application, how do I live? How do I live? If you don't have a lot of time, you can skip straight to answering the question, uh, what is God calling me to do? How is he calling me to live in light of this text? Uh, And I'll flesh out the other options here in a moment. Uh, But just some examples from, again, John 11 would be, uh, I must trust Jesus's timing in blank situation. Uh, Or I even must trust Jesus's timing, his wisdom, his power, his love in -in fill-in-the-blank situation. Or I must trust Jesus is my resurrection and the life. Uh, A good question here is always to ask, Lord, how can I live this truth today? You know, try to take it from an abstract into a practical Um, So, Lord, how can I live this truth today? What are you calling me to? What are you inviting me to? Okay, so that's the first tool is the three steps of study. The second tool I want to share with you is the three steps of application. So if you have a little extra time uh, with your study, uh, I would encourage you on that third step of application to actually uh, apply the Scripture in three different layers. And those layers are, how does this passage apply to Jesus? How does this passage apply to us? And how does this passage apply to me? Let me walk you through those. So at Sojourn, uh, we believe that the whole Bible, that all of the Scriptures are a story about Jesus that Jesus is the point of the scriptures. God makes all kinds of promises in the Bible, and they all find their yes and their amen in Christ. A couple scriptures uh, to show you where we get this from. So John 5, 39 to 40, you search, this is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. And we should just stop there and say, be warned. 
right? I mean, Jesus is literally saying there is a way to study your Bible where you think you're going to get life from just the study of the Bible, but they studied the Bible. They knew the Bible. The Pharisees knew the Bible better than you or I do, right? Yet they missed something crucial that led to them not having eternal life. What was that? Jesus goes on to say, and it is they, the scriptures, they bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. So friends, in all of our study, we, we do not want to go down the road of rejecting Jesus as we're studying the Bible, right? Every time you study the scriptures, you're comprehending it, you're interpreting it. Jesus is inviting you to know something about him and to respond to him, right? And we then have a choice, a decision to make. Am I going to reject Jesus's invitation or by faith, am I going to receive the invitation and come to Jesus? That's what we want. All right, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, for all the promises of God find their yes in Christ. Uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 32. I love this passage. Jesus on the road to Emmaus after his resurrection. Uh, he's walking with two disciples. They don't recognize him. I don't know if Jesus is doing some kind of like, you know, miraculous like face morphing business. I don't know what's going on, but they don't recognize Jesus. And Jesus is telling them, he's teaching them about the scriptures and about how all of the scriptures point to Jesus, point to him. And then Luke 24, 32 says, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And friends, that's what we want. We want to study the Bible and to have God's Spirit open the Scriptures to us, to direct our eyes and our vision to see Jesus, to behold Him with unveiled face and beholding His glory that our hearts burn within us. We grow in our love. We grow in our passion for Jesus. And then we become like Him, one degree after another. Uh, we want to see Jesus on every page of the scriptures. Now, that's incredibly complicated and hard, and it's a skill that we need to learn how to do. I'm not going to take the time to explain that right now, but in the show notes of the podcast, we are going to have a free PDF that's going to give you some categories and some tips as you go on your continued journey of seeking to see Jesus in every place of the scriptures. We want, when we're reading about Jonah or about King David or about the Red Sea, we want to behold Jesus in whatever the scriptures have for us. Okay, so first, how does this passage apply to Jesus? We need to ask that first. Second, how does this passage apply to us? Uh, so the Bible, it is written first and foremost to a group of people, and it's written secondarily to individuals. Okay, so all the yous in the Bible, uh, and specifically in the New Testament, uh, the vast majority of them, they are plural, right? You all. Y'all, as we would say in the South, right? So we in a highly individualistic society, we flip that. And we read the Bible and our guttural uh, reaction, our first thought, our first application is, okay, what is this saying to me, right? That's important, but the scriptures are always starting with the group first 
and with the individual second. So we just need to be aware of that. And so as we open our Bibles and we study, we need to be praying, God, what are you saying about the community that I'm a part of? Uh, Lord, how, are you, how is this passage, uh, what, what is it saying that we as a, passage, as a community need to live out, that we as a life group need to live out? And I just want to encourage you here that most often you're going to see things in the scriptures that don't match up with your church or with your life group. And that can be discouraging for sure, but I also want to encourage you in that, that the Lord is showing you those things so that you can pray. You can pray for your church. You can pray for your life group. You can pray for the greater church, right? And the Lord's also showing you those things in his word, not only so that you can pray, but so that you can personally obey. Uh, And that brings us to the last point of application. Uh, How does this apply to me? So finally, we get to ask, how is God calling me to personally live in light of this text? I like the word invitation. You know, what's the invitation that the Lord is giving to me. Um, I like that because I think too often when we talk about obedience, it becomes this like dull, dutiful, uh, I don't have any passion or love in this. My heart's not really in it. I'm just, you know, I just have to obey, right? That's not what obedience is like in the life of a mature, flourishing Christian. No, for, for someone who is living in step with the Spirit, Man, every time you open the word and you're challenged and you're like, oh, my life doesn't match up with this, Lord, what are you inviting me into? Well, ultimately, you're my loving Father who's inviting me into deeper relationship with you. And my obedience helps me be near you. It helps me be close to you. It helps me to live life with you. So I love that language of invitation. What's the Lord inviting me to? And this is important. You know, it's the third one on the list. You could think it's the least important. We don't need to jump there first all the time. Uh, But it also is incredibly important because uh, you can't make other people obey God's word, right? People have tried that throughout history. It never works out well. Uh, What you can do, though, is you can take responsibility for your own life. And with God's help and with the help of your community, you can seek to obey God yourself. And so it's incredibly important that we all work towards a life of loving obedience in response to God's loving, saving work. So all of these steps, these tools I've put before you, the three steps of study, the three steps of application, it can seem like a lot, but honestly, the more you do this, the more you practice it, it becomes uh, easier and you can do it quicker and it just becomes like breathing as you're engaging with God's word. Or we could even say it becomes like eating, right? As you're just engaging and intaking God's word. And I would encourage you that if you keep working at this, you can really study a passage of scripture uh, in 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and you can go deep with these tools that I've given you. And remember, where does change happen? It happens in God's presence, among God's people, and through God's promises. And this means every time we open the scriptures, we need to plead with the Holy Spirit to lead us, to teach us, to point our eyes to Jesus, to open the scriptures to us. This also means that often we study the scriptures alone, but we always must bring what we're learning into community. So you either need to be coming to your life group, to friends, to others, and saying, this is what I'm learning, or you can even take these steps 
these three steps of study, these three steps of application. You can work through those with a group of people, right? We don't want to be individuals in our interpretation and application of the Bible. So again, for the next month, jump into this with your life groups. Uh, Open your Bibles, open your hearts, grab your pen, grab your paper, and then discuss what you're learning. Discuss the scriptures with each other. Well, there you have it, Sojourn. Over the next month, both as individuals and in your life group, we'd like for you to practice studying the scriptures together. To help you do that, we've added in the show notes some scripture for reflection, life group questions, and some suggested resources. Sojourn, enjoy the process, and peace be with you.